one more order of business to do. Uh, each year, uh, the, the men of the church and some of the women as well uh, take part in a very spiritual activity called fantasy football. And, uh, and there's a, there's a, there's, I'm going somewhere with this. Yeah. Um, you know, part of, part of what we do with, with uh, our fantasy football is, is just for fun, really is. Um, but it's also, we get to honor someone at the same time. Um, you know, some of you who have been here for a while uh, know my very good friend and our very good friend of our house, Joe Nelson, who passed away. And uh, he was the fantasy football geek of the decade of, the, of, the li- of his life. But, um, you know, I've never seen Excel spreadsheets and things like his for his draft strategies and things like that. I don't know how many wins he really pulled out, but man, he was prepared, I'll tell you that. Um, so, so each year, uh, this time of year, um, we had actually three leagues this year, and, and we get to honor uh, the winners, and as we honor them, we're also honoring Joe as well. And so we give out some trophies called the Joe, and um, the Joe goes to our uh, 2021 fantasy football champions who, uh, who really uh, went above and took the crown for their leagues. And so our three winners, uh, you guys can come up. I want to give these to you. Uh, to give you the Joe, you get the Joe Award. Um, so Troy McLean, come on up. And Kevin Allpress. Let's go. Yes, and Don Reed. You can put this in your, his trophy case, not his first one. All right, so let's give these guys a round of applause. Uh, all right, good job, man. Way to go. I'll get you next time. <laughs> you want to tell a story? Oh. You guys remember when Antonio Brown walked off the field in the middle of the He cost me the championship, didn't he, Troy? I lost by like five points. Thanks, Antonio. You can't predict this stuff. You just can't. You know, it's just a guess. It's a wild shot. So anyway, we're going to get into the word, the more important things of life, <laughs> the theme for this year. I'm so excited to, to share this, this theme with you. Uh, that God's been really brewing in my heart for a few months now. Uh, uh, I was out, I was out praying. I was up actually out by every, mostly every year I go up in the fall up to Mount Rainier National Park and spend some time in prayer up there. And um, you know, I figure Moses got his uh, vision from the Lord on the mountain, so I might as well try the same thing. Uh, and and just the Lord spoke to me this last fall. It's just been. In my, in my heart, and as I've prayed over these last few months, Lord, what do you have for us this year? Uh, the Lord is, is so good because he says things like, I already told you, and, um, <laughs> you know, well, are you sure? I'm just making sure, and so uh, I'm going to share that this morning, and one of the things I've discovered about life uh, in, in my, for myself is that, um, you know, I know, I, I really do know, like, in my heart and in my spirit that God can do anything. Do you guys know that? You know, like he can, it's impossible. Like he can do whatever. The, the challenge is, is that up here in my mind, like to me, like some things that he can do are easier than other things. Are you with me on that? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like some things are, are do they just seem easy? Like as someone with a, a, you know, finite number of skills and abilities, like I have a limit to the amount of skills and abilities that I have. Some things in life are more difficult for me than other things. And same thing goes for you. Some things... Are, are more difficult. Uh, you know, you might, the, the thought of playing the guitar and leading worship is terrifying, right? But building a house is not, you know, and vice versa. Like, these, these are the things that, 
you know, we each have these skill sets, and so we think of things, and we pray on things, and we say, okay, God, I'm going to ask you a really hard one, or God, this is a really easy one, and we, we kind of gauge these things, and so, like, if we want to learn things, like, if we want to be able to do things, then we have to learn skills, and, and YouTube's, like, my best trainer, best, you know, I used to have, like, these big manuals of, like, okay, how do you wire a house, now I just get on YouTube and do it, and that's helpful, but I got to learn the skill. It's not necessarily easy for me. And so I want to just do a little exercise with you. Uh, and I have a list of things. So I'm going to put that up. Do we have the, the message? All right. So I'm going to put a list of, of things up here. And let's just say that uh, this, you've got some things to accomplish on your list. All right. So you have to clean the windows. Uh, you got to sew a shirt that has a tear in it. Uh, we'll just say it's on the seam, maybe, just for, this, for the sake of that. Uh, paint a bedroom, figure out what is wrong with the car, uh, make dinner, assemble Ikea furniture, and build a covered area over the deck. All right. So if you, are, if you could just in your, in your mind, these seven things, think about what would be the easiest thing to do, maybe the two easiest things and the two hardest things to do on this list for you. So if you would say that... Uh, Clean the windows is in your is in your top three of easiest top two or three of easiest things to do. Raise your hand. Okay. If okay, put your hands down. If it's in your hardest thing to do, raise your hand. Anyone? Okay. Okay. Good. Now we got that one down. How about uh, sewing a shirt with a tear? If it's one of your two one or two easiest things to do, uh, raise your hand. Okay. If it's one of the hardest things on the list for you to do, raise your hand. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Look at that. Uh, how about painting a bedroom? Easy. For you, top easy. Okay, how about really hard? All right, yeah, there's a few people who are like, nope, not doing it. All right. Uh, figure out what's wrong with the car. And on the top of the easiest list of things to do. Raise your hand. Anyone? Got easy. You got to say, all right. Hey, look at that. We got some people there saying it's easy. Anyone say that's one of their hardest things to do? <laughs> there you go. Okay. Uh, making dinner. Can anyone cook? That's on top easy. Okay, how about, uh-uh, not doing it. Anyone? Okay, up. Oh, they got some, <laughs> got some people that eat out. That's right. Okay. Uh, Assemble Ikea furniture. Is that easy? Wow, I'm impressed. Anyone say that's one of the hardest things to do? Yeah, that's right. Okay. You just have to be able to read the directions. That's hard enough. Uh, building a covered area over the deck. Is that one of your easiest things? Raise your hand. Look at that. Come on, raise your hands high and be proud. Come on. Oh, we got some people that know. If it's one of the hardest things on this list for you, raise your hand. All right. So do you see how different that is per person? Like, if you were to just say, okay, this is something I need to pull off. And so what happens is we have these lists, and, and some are easier, some are harder, and this is how our brains work. We think of things, and we go, well, that's a hard one, or that's an easy one. And then what happens is we carry it naturally into our belief of what God can do. We do the same thing in the way that we pray. We do the same thing in the way that we think about what can God pull off. And for us, we think, well, that one's easy. Or that one's really hard. This must be difficult for God. This must be easy for God. But I have some good news for you this morning that God doesn't have an order to the li any list. All things are equally possible for God. It's equal. Now, that's, that's, that's hard to believe. That's hard to consider. But all things are equally as easy for God. There, there's not a system. There's not an order. There's not a hardest to easiest. They're all just the same. And so when I look at Matthew chapter 17, would you open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 17? All 
All right. I don't think there's notes on the app today, right? It's a short message, so you just have to follow along. Matthew 17. And we're going to... uh, we're going to go to verse 20 in a second, but I want to tell you what's going on here. Uh, in, this, in this story here, we have this amazing story of Jesus up on a mountain. All right, so Jesus is up on a mountain, and he, uh, and, and he begins to transfigure, all right? So this is an interesting concept. So he's up there with Peter, James, and John, and they're meeting with Jesus, and he begins to glow. Does that, does that seem odd? Like, would, that, would you be freaked out? You're hanging out with Jesus and he just starts glowing? Would that be weird for you? I mean, it would be weird for me. He just starts glowing. There's, they're, they're seeing, and what they're seeing is that Jesus, you know, one of the things that, I, that I've read that I think is amazing is, is that uh, we, we see and we think, wow, it's amazing that Jesus, the, the miracles that Jesus was able to reveal the fullness of the glory of God in his life. And we look at the transfiguration and say, it's a miracle. But the reality is, is the miracle is that Jesus was able to hide it and cover it the whole time he was on earth. Like that he was just man and that he laid that down. And so he's up on this mountain and they see him in his full glory. They see him as God, Peter, James, and John. And then before their eyes, Moses and Elijah show up on the mountain. Moses representing the law and Elijah representing the prophets and Jesus would fulfill all that the law and the prophets foretold. And so they have this meeting up on the mountain, Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. Now, I'm sure you like, weren't like Peter, James, and John, and were like, oh, this is cool. They, they were, you wouldn't be terrified, right? That wouldn't be scary. Like you, that's an insane thing to have happen. And my favorite part about this story is Peter, who decides that it's a good night to go camping and ask Jesus if he should put a tent up so they can have a sleepover. I don't know where he came up with that idea, but if Moses and Elijah have all of a sudden come back to life, they don't really need a tent. Like, they're good, I'm pretty sure. But this is anyway what happens. Sorry, getting sidetracked. This, so they're up there, and they see the glory of God. They come down the mountain where they were met by a crowd. So they're walking down this mountain, and what they find is they find a boy who is demon-possessed, who is, who is down uh, at the bottom there. And the father of this boy was desperate. And apparently he had asked all the disciples that were remaining down below, will you please pray because I have heard that you're with Jesus and Jesus, he, he'll, he'll speak to a demon and the demons will, will go away. And I, I can't, I, I don't know what to do. And so they asked the disciples, he asked the disciples, will you pray? And, and it didn't work. He was still bound up. So Jesus comes down and, and I, I, can, I don't know, did, do you think Jesus rolled his eyes ever? Just like, oh, okay, go in my name, right? Whatever it happens to be. Just get out. And the disciples are standing, and the demon leaves. Like, it's really that simple, right? It wasn't this long, drawn-out thing. And the disciples are there like, uh, what is going on? Like, they stop, and they're like, wait, wh- how? Wh- why, why did that work? Why, we, tr- we tried that. I don't understand, and Jesus responds, and this is where he starts the crazy talk. This is where he starts the crazy talk. He really does. And we're going to go to verse 20. He tells them, he first tells them that their faith needs a little work. And here's what he says. He says, for truly I say to you, for truly I say to you, let me see here. If you have faith like the grain of a mustard seed, 
you will say to this mountain that I just walked down, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Okay, sure, Jesus. Got it. Yeah. Because that's way easier than casting out this demon. Like, to me, like, if I'm ranking those things now, you might think, casting out a demon, that's, what? I don't know if that, like, terrifies you or you think that seems really hard, but I can tell you, like, from my own life experience, like, casting out a demon and moving a mountain, I don't put those on the same plane of things that are, like, um, that are able to do. Like, one seems a lot easier than the other one. Moving a mountain, that seems crazy. Jesus is saying, wait a minute, you can move this mountain. And the disciples, I can't, I can't imagine that they understood fully what Jesus was trying to tell them. They say, you can tell me, Jesus, that mountains can be moved? Like, it can actually move this mountain? I was talking to a pastor friend of mine this week, and I was kind of sharing with him what God had put in my heart. And he's like, so like, when the, like, Mount Rainier blows, are you, is that going to be the prayer? Like, move this mountain? I was like, sure, yeah, we better, we'll do that. <laughs> I mean, it says so in the word, so we're going to command it to blow a different direction. That's the plan. So here's, here's what Jesus is telling his disciples. Here's the deal, guys. There's not an obstacle that cannot be removed. There isn't one. There's not an obstacle that cannot be removed with God. There is nothing that is too big for him. Nothing. Nothing at all. There's nothing too hard. There is nothing too stuck. There is nothing too broken. I need you to know that about your life and about the things that you face and the mountains that you come up against in your life. Nothing is too hard. Nothing is too stuck. And nothing is too broken. Now, next week, I want to talk to you. I'm going to talk to you about the mustard seed. We're going to dig into this passage even in a deeper level. But I just want to, to stay on this thought here for a moment. That this idea that when we put our faith in Jesus, even mountains can be moved. Even mountains can be moved. And I believe that this year at Abundant Life, God is going to move mountains. That this isn't going to be just another ordinary year. This isn't just going to be another business as usual. This is not going to be like, we're going to look at the world and take our cues. No, God is going to move mountains. Amen? Do you believe that God can move mountains? He can move mountains, and we're going to see next week, like, first of all, let's just look at some figurative mountains, right? We, we've, we learn, we'll look at this next week. He actually goes on later in another, at another time with them, that he goes a step further, because they're like, oh yeah, God, you can move anything. And then he actually goes and says, like, no, literally, you, I, you can move a mountain, which that's a, that's a, maybe someday, I don't know if I'll reach that level of faith by the time that I die, but... That would be pretty awesome, wouldn't it? But we're going to just talk here about the mountains that are in our life and the mountains that God wants to move. And I want to define a mountain for you today as anything that is standing in the way of what God has for you. Anything at all that is standing in the way of what God has spoken over your life, anything that is standing in the way of the fullness of life that God has for you, anything that is standing in the way of you pursuing Him, anything that is standing in the way of you being healed, anything that is standing in the way of you um, recovering anything that is standing in the way of your freedom, God can move mountains. Jesus is the mountain mover. Amen? Can you just say that with me? Jesus is the mountain mover. Let's say that. Jesus is the mountain mover. Jesus can move mountains. There is no immovable thing that he can't move. 
Now, you know, like there's things where, where there's things that get stuck sometimes. Like if you were to go and try to, I don't know, maybe you've got a really, really old car, like a really old one, and there's a bolt that needs to be removed, but that bolt's been stuck for 30 years. That bolt's a little harder to get off than the one that's been on there for five years. And there's a lot, you might have to get some special tools. You got it's more immovable than something else. And we look at our life in that same way, where we've got things, we've got patterns, we've got habits, we've got just tendencies, we've got all these things, and some things are more immovable than others. So we think, but I need you to know that there is nothing that is immovable for Jesus. There is nothing that is immovable. There is no mindset that is not movable. There is no weakness that isn't movable. You see, when Abraham came to the Lord, Abraham came to the Lord, and the Lord said, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. Now, Abraham's like up in his 90s at this point. He's, he's older than you would normally be when you start having children, all right? In fact, he was about 100 when he had his first child. His wife was around 90. Now, if you know anything about biology, that's not possible, okay? Nor, I'm gonna, can I say desirable, right? That's a great time for grandkids, maybe great-grandkids, right? Where you say, come and visit and then go home to your mom and dad and keep them up all night. But Abraham, in his, in his old age, he says, God, how in the world am I going to have a child? And God responded with this answer. Is anything too hard with the Lord? That's how God answered him. Is anything too hard for the Lord? We do this with the Lord. We, God, I don't know how this is going to be possible. And maybe the Lord wants to say to you this morning, is anything too hard for the Lord? Is there anything too hard? When Gideon was stuck cowering in his weakness and couldn't see past his own fear, his own anxiety, his own thoughts toward himself about how weak and useless he was. The Lord said to him, Gideon, go in strength. Go in strength. When Mary came and the Lord said, you're going to conceive of Jesus as a virgin. And she says, how is this possible? And the Lord said to her, nothing is impossible for God. Over and over and over in scripture, we see this theme again and again and again. There is nothing impossible for the Lord. The Israelites go to battle and they say, God, it's not possible. But the Lord says, nothing is impossible. The battle belongs to the Lord. Pastor Matt texted me a scripture this morning about Elisha and his servant saying, we're outnumbered. And Elisha says, Lord, open his eyes to see that they're greater. there is a greater number for us than against us. And he opened up and saw the armies of heaven that were surrounding because there is nothing that is too hard for the Lord. God cannot be outmatched. He cannot be outnumbered. He can't be outwitted. He can't be outsmarted. He cannot be overpowered. Not even death could hold him. This is the God that we serve. Psalm 147, 5 says, Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. I know sometimes it's hard to understand everything about the Lord. I, I find, sometimes I feel like the more I study the Lord, the, the less I know. Like the more I learn, the deeper I learn about God, it's like the more complex, like the, the, the more he is, the, the more other I find. And I think that's the beauty of serving God is that we get to worship someone. Listen, someone's not worthy of worship if they're, just, if they're just like you, right? Like, what does our world do? They worship people who maybe are a musician, and the reality is, is if you apply yourself enough, you could also be a musician, right? 
Maybe not to that same level, but maybe to a level at which they don't need to be worshipped. Same thing with athletes and things. We, we worship people, we worship, but they don't deserve worship because they're just like us. And yet we worship God because he is so other than us, because he is so different, he is so greater, he is so higher. He is great, abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. And I think there's a beauty and there's an awe in worshiping a God who I, I can't completely understand. He's that much bigger than I am. And frankly, that's the kind of God that I need is because my understanding limits me all the time. My understanding, well, this is all as far as we can go. It won't work past this point. But his understanding is beyond measure. And so we turn to God and we say, God, I don't get it, but you do. I can't comprehend it, but you, you created it. I don't have the strength, but you have more strength than is ever needed. And so we look to the Lord who is great and abundant in power. And you know, what he can do in your life often is beyond my understanding. It's beyond yours, often. It's beyond understanding. It's when Pastor Matt was talking about his body being touched by the Lord and, and receiving healing over this last month, it's beyond understanding. There's not really an understanding when you have pain and you have an injury and then you pray and all of a sudden it's not there, right? What, what do doctors say when that happens? They go, I, I don't know, it must have resolved itself. It's beyond understanding. It's just beyond, because God is beyond understanding. He just is and he just does. There is no limit to what my God can do. There is none. And some of you need to begin to speak that over your own life, over your own situations, over the things that are frustrating you, the things where you feel stuck, to begin to declare over your life, there is no limit to what my God can do. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to work out. I don't know if it will ever be resolved. I don't know if this can ever be healed. Listen, there is no limit to what my God can do. And sometimes you just need to stop what you're saying, stop the doubting, stop the complaining, stop the frustration, and just declare out the truth over your life. There is no limit of what my God can do because my God can move mountains. His power surpasses your weakness. His joy is greater than your sorrow. His, his spirit is stronger than your flesh. You need to hear that one again sometimes. His spirit is stronger than your flesh. His healing is bigger than your brokenness. And his freedom is more powerful than your chains. That's the God that you serve. His plan, listen to this, this is so good. His plan for your future is unfazed by your failure. I need you to know that. God's plan for your future is completely unfazed by your failure. He's bigger than that. There is no mountain that's too high for God. There isn't one. There is not a mountain that is too wide. Where he gets to and goes, well, I guess I can't do anything. There's a mountain in my way. There is no mountain that is too established or too strong. Church, I need you to hear this. God is going to move mountains in 2022 in your life. He's going to do it in your life. He's going to do it in our church. He's going to do it in your family. Some of you got mountains you've been dealing with for years. Stuck, frustrated. And I want you to think this morning, I want you to take this to the Lord. What mountain do you need moved in your life? 
Because I think most of us could probably come up with at least one. Some of us are like, oh no, I got the whole cascades. <laughs> That's okay. There's not a mountain range that God can't move. And that's okay if that's where you start. But there are things that we deal with in our lives. Do you have a mountain of sickness in your life? Where you're like, no, this, this thing has been here. It's, it's there. It won't go away. I, I can't. I believe God's going to move that mountain this year. And I will contend for it. I will pray with you. I will fight with you. I will plead with God. We're going to study this year. Over the next four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, even about some of the strategies that we, God has given us to being in a contend for moving mountains in our life. Some of you have a mountain of sickness. It's an ailment. It's an injury. It's things that you just have said in your life. Said in your life. Well, it just is what it is. It just is, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, I've just learned to live with it. It's just okay. It's just going to be all right. I, I just, I guess I'm just going to have this sickness forever. I guess I'm just, it's okay. And in the words of my very dear friend, Pastor Carolyn, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> you did say that once. Right before someone I love dearly was healed miraculously. Because there's not a mountain and God can't move. Some of you, seeing your marriage restored feels like Kilimanjaro today. <laughs> but there's not a mountain too high. Places of brokenness in your life you just can't seem to recover from. You just, you just keep coming back to it. It just keeps coming. It's like it's haunting you over and over and over again. Where there's this wounding, there's this, these places where you've been broken and the healing just doesn't seem to come. Or you just keep coming back to this and it keeps... You keep sabotaging relationships and you, you keep walking in these patterns and it just continues to not work and you just can't seem to move past it. It's just a stuck place. And you've, you've, you've moved from a place of believing that God can do something to moving to a place of just coping. But God wants to move that mountain. Maybe you're short on resources for a dream that God gave you. You, you, you know that God's spoken something to you. You have a dream or you have a vision that God's given you for your life and you're, just, you're short on resources. It's just, it's not working out. Uh, I've got a mountain right now in my life. It's a mountain that, there's a mountain in the way of putting a building up on our property. And it's time for it to move. I'm done running around the bottom of the mountain. So I'm believing God's going to move it this year. Some of you have been allowing mountains to change the course of your life. Or you get to the mountain and you arrive at one conclusion and one conclusion only. I guess I have to take a detour. But what if instead of mountains moving us, we move them? What if that changed? What if we became the immovable object? What if we became an immovable object in faith? People who stand firm, people who stand our ground, who won't give in, 
who refuse to give up. People who put our faith in God and not in man. What if we were those people? What if we were a people who made a decision? I'm not going to live by my own strength anymore, but I'm going to live by the strength of the Lord. I'm not going to live by my might. I'm not going to live by my own power, but by the Lord's power, but by the Lord's spirit. What if we were those people who said, I'm done being deterred. I'm done being discouraged. I'm done being put off. I'm done giving up. I'm done giving in. I'm not going to move anymore. Mountain, you move. Because my God is bigger. It's time to speak to our mountains. I don't know, are you ready to move mountains with me? Church, God is going to move mountains. I'm certain of it. I am certain of it. We stand to your feet. This morning, worship team, can you come join Mike? On the stage. I want to read a scripture over you this morning out of Isaiah 45. You know, the Bible says that the Word of God is alive and active. And so I don't want to just read this over you. I want to prophesy this over you. Because I believe that the Lord gave me this word this week to declare over your life. It's a word that he spoke to a king named Cyrus in Isaiah 45. But I actually want to read this and it says, this is what the Lord says to his anointed, to Cyrus. But I, I just want to take liberty and I want you to put your name there for a second. This is what the Lord says to his anointed, to Dylan. That's what he says. This is what the Lord says to his anointed, to Andrew. That's what he says. It's what the Lord says to his anointed to Kelly, to Elizabeth. This is what the Lord says to Jamie. This is what the Lord says, Josh. This is what the Lord says to his anointed, whose right hand I take hold of, to subdue the nations before him and to strip kings of their armor, to open doors before him so that gates will not be shut. I will go before you and I will level the mountains. I will break down the gates of bronze and cut through the bars of iron. I will give you hidden treasures, riches stored in secret places, so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. So God, we speak to the mountains this morning, and we declare that they will be moved. Lord, there is nothing impossible for you. God, make us people that are immovable in faith. We say to the mountains, you move. Our God is bigger and stronger. And we will not be detoured any longer. We will not be discouraged any longer. We will not stay stuck any longer. Mountains move in the name of Jesus. Let's declare this together this morning, church. Mike, will you lead us in this song? <laughs>